0: I the we've going to do Let's hop right into it. 76 starts with the verse in Bereshit, chapter 22. And it was after all these events that Elohim that God tested Avraham. Okay. Set that aside. Hop right into the lesson. Ita betikunezoach. It's brought in the ezor, Tikun ain, tikun 70. From the right side comes a mind as white as silver. Hadaw diaktiv, it says, Zerah Avraham o'avi, the seed of my... Uh, the seed of Avraham, my beloved. So we see Avraham is the right side. Um, my beloved, you have the concept of Ahava, which is this mind which is as white as silver. White represents this concept of Chesed, which is Avraham Avinu. So from the right side, which is Ahava, you have Avraham, um, which is Ahava, love. You have Avraham, which is this concept of being white, Chesed, um, silver, etc. And behold, that looking... Or gazing at something is comprised of oriyashar, direct light, and achozar, reflected light. The the vision spreading outward, is what we call oriyashar, direct light. And when it arrives back, so that the attention the intended object might be uh, observed, this is what we call achozar, the reflected light. When that which you're desiring to see is reflected back into the into your eye. For the essential power of sight or vision, because vision goes and is spread out and strikes the object at which you're looking at, and that um, sight then returns back because of that striking of the object to the eyes, and then that. Object is pictured in one's eyes. And then the eyes are able to see that object which you're looking at, as we saw in Lesson 13, Section 4. We find, we see that with regard to vision, we have direct light. So we're seeing here the way it works that the direct light is the light in which you're striking the object with and then that reflected light is that once you strike the object that um, image which is pictured in your eyes is what we call the reflected light. So the way these two things work this give and take, this striking and this returning, this is what we call direct light and reflected light. And God, even though He can't be fathomed in any way, we can't understand God in any single way. But in order that we might have some understanding, what do they do? Nevertheless, it says about Hashem, in though God is exalted, he sees the lowly. And the high one perceives from afar. Uh, he's able to perceive from afar. He sees the lowly, and the one who's up high perceives from afar. So we see the Shafal, uh, he sees the lowly. Right? This is the direct light to perceive from afar, this is reflected light, because what one, um, sorry, the, way, the main way one knows, what one sees, is through that reflected light, whenever that vision, The power of vision is reflected back into the eye because you cannot see something if you only have the striking. It has to be pictured. That object that you're looking at has to be pictured back in the eye. And therefore, sometimes a person sees something with his eyes, literally. He still does not know what he sees. Rabbanu is going to give us an example. Okay, go on. When you pass over something, when you pass something before your eyes with great speed, so because it was passed with great speed the man doesn't have sufficient time that the power of that vision is able to return it to return the object to the eyes and it didn't have enough time the man didn't have enough time to picture that object in his mind so that he should know what he's seeing as is brought in lesson 65 section 3 over there. So we see that the knowledge of what a person knows what he's seeing is actually the the reflected light, not just the the direct light. Because direct light without reflected light you do not know what you saw. that gazing or looking at something creates a vessel, which is what? dimension, Uzman and time. Because before a person saw the object, it was without dimension. And now that he sees the object, it creates a dimension, a boundary. And this is what the Chachamim is Yoma. What does it say in the verse? It says in the verse in Dvarim, uh, chapter 8, verse 3. He made you suffer. And he made you go hungry. And he then he fed you the man. This is what we are saying about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We first suffered, then we were made hungry, and then God fed us the, the man. Because what is the gemara over there? Because you cannot compare one who sees what he eats to one who doesn't see what he eats. So we see here in, from this gemara what it's proving to us. That what? That a blind person doesn't really have satisfaction. Because one who does not see he has no boundary. He has no dimension. Because it, it's limitless. And the way the Gemara concludes, what did it say in the Gemara over there? What does this verse prove? What verse proves this? Meaning that a blind person doesn't really have satisfaction. It says in the verse, in Kohelet, chapter 6, verse 9, The seeing of the eyes mahalach nafesh Sorry Better is the seeing of the eyes mahalach nafesh Than the wandering of the soul Meaning what? Because with the power of sight He gets his soul in motion And this creates the boundary The dimension So this is what we're talking about here That with What do you call that with vision one is able to put the soul in motion and creates a boundary to that nefesh this rabbi teaches us is the aspect of the great level of what we're talking about of what bitachon is trust the great advantage and the awesome level of a person who has bitachon trust. 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 trust is the aspect of sight because he's literally looking and gazing and seeing with his eyes with his own eyes god He's seeing with his eyes Hashem Bach. only he the only thing he sees with his eyes is to God. No one else. He only trusts in Hashem. and he trusts in Him. The eyes of everyone looks to you in hope. Meaning, what did it say in the verse in Taylim over there with the eyes? Meaning that we look to Hashem specifically. Meaning that you're seeing Hashem Bach alone and no one else. You're trusting in Hashem. How do you do that with your eyesight? Because through his taklut Through gazing to Hashem With trust You also create a vessel Meaning a boundary And a time Because this shefa, This influx Descends constantly from above But This influx doesn't really have a fixed time Because sometimes That thing which you need right now could come in two or three years. But look how awesome this is, Rabbanu teaches us. Through looking to Hashem with trust, we're able to create a Shefa, or create this Shefa, or for this Shefa, which doesn't really have a fixed time. It creates a Gvul it creates a boundary and a fixed time. That it should come, that this influx, that this Shefa, that this parnasah, that one needs, that this livelihood, a person needs, should come at a time. And um, a time and a fixed time in which he needs. And This is the explanation of the verse. The eyes of everyone look to you in hope, and you give them and you give to them their uh, their food in its time. Meaning what? Perush. This is the explanation. When you look with your eyes to Hashem, bach, which is what we just explained as being trust meaning using your eyes is the concept of trust, that you really trust in Hashem, you see Him with your own eyes. You you look at Hashem only that He's going to give you. As we see in the verse that um, the eyes of, um, everyone's eyes are looking to you in trust, in hope, sorry, but in hope. Through this, what is it finished off the verse? Through this, you give them their food and it's time as it said in the verse, in its time specifically, meaning in the time, um, at the moment in which the person needs, because trust, which is the aspect of gazing and looking, it creates a vessel, a dimension, and a time, as we saw above. This is the beauty of what Rabban was telling us about Bitachon, that sometimes Shefa, parasak can come to a person, literally years after a person needs it, this is why we always pray that Hashem gives us the Parnassah before we even need it. And how do we do that? Only through one thing, Bitachon. That Parnassah is dependent upon one thing, Bitachon. Trust that it should come in its right time. And Rabenu explains to us, this is the great, awesome level of being attached to true tzadikim, or to tzadikim. Because there's the aspect of what it says in the verse. My soul is thirsty meaning just like one who's very thirsty that even when a person is very thirsty he's going to drink polluted water bad water the same is true with serving with serving our creator there are some people who are in the aspect of thirst They they learn and they serve their service constantly they're constantly in the aspect of thirst thirst. Because this person's soul longs constantly to serve Hashem. But it's without regularity and without intellect. Because as we say in the Gemara Menachot, page 99, that it says over there, that the nullification, the seizing of Torah, is actually what fulfills and sustains it. Because sometimes a person cannot be in Torah all day. He needs to have um, measure and need to be with constant measure and with proper uh, steps, level by level. And sometimes stopping to learn Torah is actually what maintains the study of Torah, it gives you the strength to study it whenever you need to do it, etc. etc. Now is the time to act for God, for they have disgraced your Torah. So we see that a person who is in a concept of thirst is a person who longs to serve Hashem, but his service doesn't really have intellect. It's done with just like, with, like a person who's running without a head. He's just doing whatever he can. But what Rabban is telling us, this is the attachment to the tzaddikim. This is the, great, the greatness of being attached to the tzaddikim. For the tzaddikim constantly create, or they're creating a boundary and the time, so that a person is not in the aspect of thirst. This is the explanation of the verse. My my soul's thirsty for God. For the living God. This is what we're saying is the aspect of thirst. When will I come? Meaning, when will I get to the level when I'm not in the aspect of thirst? Over there. It finishes off the verse like this. And be seen in the presence of God. <laughs> and be seen. But in the presence of Hashem. <laughs> meaning, and be seen specifically. It says. Meaning that you merit. David the is saying. When will I merit that my service is in the aspect of Re'iyah. Sight. Which is what? Because we said that sight above creates uh, a boundary, a dimension, and time. As we saw above meaning that his service is in the aspect of regularity and intellect. And now, this person's service isn't in the aspect of, of thirst. This is why any single, every single day, a person needs to renew his, his mentality, his mind. says, in Echa, That renewed in the mornings, um, Khalashim Bekahim, he renews in the mornings. Rabamuta his faith is great, faith is great. Uh when it says in the Birkata Me in the Tsila of Shahid, Hamhedeshbut, etc., that he renews in his goodness, Bekholum Tamid every single day Mahsebrashit the 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 act of creation. So what does it say? What is Rabbanu telling us? For the, revelation, or sorry, for the renewal of the brain, the mind. Meaning when a person merits a new intellect. And his intellect is growing greater any single time. Meaning he doesn't stay in the same place. He's not stationary. He's moving, growing from day to day. This is the aspect of sight, vision. For we said the intellect's perception or the knowledge of the intellect is the aspect of sight. As we saw above, that a person knows and understands something clearly. As if a person seeing it with his eyes, with perfect sight, with beautiful sight. That both of their eyes were open with regard to Adam and Chava. This is a reference to wisdom. This is said about wisdom. What does it mean that their eyes were open? That they, were, that they attained wisdom is brought in the words of Rabbi Nachman. Many, many times. Lesson 15. Lesson um, 16. Lesson 21. Lesson 27. Lesson 59. Lesson 74. All these ideas. Um, all these ideas mentioned over there. That, what are we talking about? That intellect, secha, the knowledge of the mind, is with regard to sight is an aspect of sight. That seeing something is the aspect of knowing something. And we said, or now we're going to explain, that the power of vision or sight has two aspects. Because one whose vision is beautiful, is good, he's able to see from afar. So the tells us, one whose vision is nice He's able to see from afar and he doesn't need to come close to the object to see it. But one whose vision is not strong, he needs to come close to the object to see the, the thing that he's staring at so that he can look at it nicely. The same is true of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's one person whose mind is clear. He's able to pray or to study without delving into it very deeply. But there's a person who needs to to think with his own mind before he speaks. Uh, And if he speaks before, he ponders in his thoughts about what he's about to say. His speech will be without thought. This is what we call what it says in the verse. The verse that we brought at the beginning in in, in Sefer Bereshit. And it was after these things. What we're saying is a person who's who can only speak with thinking and if he speaks without thinking his thought his words will be without thought without uh, intention without uh, proper thoughts this is what we call devarim, after the things after the events meaning devarim is after the speech this is what we call constricted consciousness which as we said above in the lesson minute we got to simchat torah Lesson um, 74, I believe. With regard to um, the difference between Yitzhak and Yaakov, this idea of constricted consciousness, this is what we call judgment. Because the person only receives suffering and judgment because he's in constricted consciousness. He's lacking that. For if a person has that, he will realize that there's no such thing. The truth is, as judgment, the judgments are sweetened. Because he realizes that actually, it's for his good and one who has a clear brain clear intellect he is in constant um, expanded consciousness he is in the aspect of what we call compassion benevolence great is knowledge because it was given between two names of God as it says in the verse it says in the verse in Shmuel Aleph Um, it says over there, He El Deot Hashem. Um, um, <coughs> For Hashem is Kel Deot. He is uh, the God of knowledge. The El hu Chesed. the name Kel represents Kesed. kindness Kemachetu, it says Kesed El Kola, the chesed of Kel lasts all day This Chesed of God lasts all day so we see that the name Kel represents kindness and Yudke Vavke represents mercy it says Your mercy is great God Yudke Vavke So we see that Chesed is is Kel and Yudke Vavke is Rachamim and we see that Da'at was placed between both of those so we see that Da'at is a representation of Rachamim and Chesed so Rabenu tells us, but it's impossible to pray with a, with a clear mind until a person does chuva complete chuva over a sin. It says in Devarim, and um, and God will circumcise your hearts. Hashem will remove the foolishness of your heart. Meaning what? This is what I mean to circumcise the heart, that you remove the foolishness of your heart, which is doing tshuva. If it's, which tshuva is said with regard to this? Meaning to remove the foolishness of the heart. What tshuva are we talking about? me'ahava. With the tshuva, with a turning to God from the aspect of love. That there should be not one last trace. As it says in the verse, Shuv uh, uh, banim in the verse in chapter three. Return my mischievous or my wayward children. I'll heal. I'll heal. Or sorry. May my mischievous children return. May they return. I will heal their waywardness. They were their Meshuvatam. Their, their their mischievousness. Their waywardness. So, what does that mean? It's difficult to understand. Shovavim. Mischievous or wayward. It implies rooting out one's sins, leaving no taint at all. And the word or language of healing implies what? That there's a, a taint that does remain. Meaning what? Shovavim. Mischievous. Return my mischievous children this represents this idea that Hashem is asking you to return completely from your mischievousness. What does it say? Heal them from their waywardness, which is the idea of healing them, which means that they need healing because there's something still there that's, that's uh, what do you call, it? that's still imprinted there, meaning that they still haven't repaired every single sin, that there's still in, um, a remaining uh, sin there. Unshana, and the answer over there, G'maha, kan me ahava, kan me over there, it's referencing love. Over there, over here, it's referencing uh, yirah. That the idea of shuva me'ahava, tshuva from love, is the aspect of banim is the aspect of returning from your mis, uh, your um, your um, your rebelliousness. This idea that there's nothing left, everything that you once did wrong is completely removed. Whereas from fear is the idea that there still needs to be healing. That there's still an imprint left, because from the tshuva of love, there's nothing left there. There's nothing remaining. He has a completely clear brain, and he's able to pray without any delving into it. Every single day is able to renew his intellect. And this is the explanation of what it says in the verse. And it was after these events. The explanation is like this. A person who never changes. He's not able to come to this renewal of the intellect. Because he's constantly in constricted consciousness. Which represents the name Elohim. Dinin, which represents judgments. Which is what we call after the, the events. We know that it says, and it was after these events, it's referencing, um, what do you call it? is a person who we said is he can only think and then after he speaks from the word of speech the idea here that a person who's in constricted consciousness has to think before he speaks this is what we call a person who's in constricted consciousness who represents deen, judgment when it says that God tested meaning what? he's trying to elevate this this uh, constricted consciousness which represents Elohim. a person can only merit this elevation of the mind through the concept of Abraham who represents love because through tshuva from love one merits um, expanded consciousness which we explained above is the aspect of benevolence and uh, mercy compassion and God tested Elokim tested Abraham. Meaning what? That through the aspect of Abraham, we're able to elevate, to exalt the mind from its constriction. Which we explained earlier, Elokim. Now he's able to merit an expanded consciousness. This is the explanation of what it says in the Zohar. From the right side, there's a white mind. It's an explanation of meaning what? From the trade of love, you create an intellect that's pure like silver. It says, the seed of Abraham, my beloved. Because what are we talking about here? What's a seed here? For the mind is called the seed of Abraham, my beloved. For the mind is this concept of love. Sorry, from the concept of love, which is this aspect of zera, uh, seed. Through this, a person is able to come to a pure intellect. Through Avraham, who is the concept of love, Chesed, a person, which is Chuvah a person is able to come to a clear mind. May we have the merit to do so. A true true I may have a, to purify our mind to pray without a yun, and God willing to attain what Rabban was talking about here. that's it for today. God willing, um, tomorrow we'll do the next torah. We'll do two torah tomorrow, in Zion 77 and 78. God willing, Ratzat Hashem.